1: Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. I am John, also known as Hi There Catsuit, and if I sound a little bit different this week, it's because it's been a week of many surprising occurrences, not many of which were good. First of all, My guest who is scheduled for this week apparently came down with COVID and we wish her the best in being able to recover from that. And unfortunately it became very personal because yours truly has contracted a breakthrough case of COVID. I'm calling it the allergy version of COVID because you think you just have spring allergies and suddenly you feel really sick. Well, I didn't want to not have a show for you all this week. So I was able to contact a guest that we've been wanting to have on the show here for a while. And she was able to move up her schedule to join us this week. And I'm very glad that she did because the story she will bring you is one that you will want to pay extra special attention to. Especially if you've been through trials and tribulations in your life that you didn't think you could overcome. Sherelle Kitchen is a poet and spoken word artist. As a motivational speaker, she seeks to help others transform their lives through her own personal journey. From a young age into adulthood, Sherelle built her view of the world from a unique and creative set of lenses. Piece by piece, she not only reveals intimate parts of herself in her writing, but also challenges others to uncover their true selves through motivation and empowerment. The expression of pain, joy, sorrow, loneliness, love and confusion are all inspirational. And she transforms those feelings into words in a way that encourages her readers to reflect. Her book, Salted Wounds, Scars and Tattoos, Bleeding from the Inside Out, Describes her journey of becoming a woman and the rawness of how she survived and is still in the process of spreading her wings and becoming all that she's supposed to be in the face of her past and unforeseen future adversities. The author of Salted Wounds, Scars and Tattoos Bleeding from the Inside Out, Sherelle Kitchen, On What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want.
0: It's five questions about memorable firsts. We call it the first five.
1: First time you ever professionally picked up a pen to paper. And what did you want to write about?
2: Professionally? Ah, um, professionally. I want to say this book. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and I wanted to write about my life and experiences and my poetry. Um, poetry is what I write about.
1: (laughs) So going back, obviously you put pen to paper on many different poems. What led you to have words be so important in your life?
2: Um, I grew up in a very trauma-based situation. And I was not a child who was really encouraged or allowed to express myself, um, especially what was going on in my household and the truth about what was going on in my household. So I think I started writing at about 11 and it became my saving grace. It became my outlet. Um, it literally was the way I was able to speak my truth without getting scolded, reprimanded, or beaten.
1: First time you ever realized that something wasn't quite right with the way you were able to think and process things?
2: Um, I remember um, in high school, my dad would knock on my door. And I'd be in the dark watching depressing Lifetime movies. And I'd be in there for so many hours on the weekends, on the weekdays that he'd knock on the door and just open it and be like, I'm just making sure you're alive. And I didn't think it was a big deal, but it got to a point where he took me to a doctor and was like, "Uh, is this normal? And they said, I think she suffers from depression. And so my dad goes, are you depressed and i was like i don't think so and uh after that we just kind of let it go until it became a thing again
1: <laughs> first time you ever created something that caused a scar
2: mm. this book didn't cause a scar but it opened old wounds mm. it definitely opened old wounds, because I had to revisit a lot of past trauma and experiences.
1: First time you were able to look at a picture of yourself or look yourself in the mirror and say, I'm going to be okay.
2: Recently. Um, I recently um, overcame a major medical battle and, um, I almost died. (laughs) Um, Mm. and I had surgery in February. Um, and I was sick for 12 months. I went to the hospital 14 times last year. And between that and my bipolar two disorder, I was like, I can't handle this. I can't take this. This is too much. I was ready to break. I had the surgery and I immediately started to feel better. And I remember once I felt healed up, I got up, I got dressed, I put makeup on and I looked in the mirror and I was just like, I'm good. Like I am a mother survivor. Like I am a damn goddess.
1: I can't go to a break without asking what it was. Was there a specific moment where you said, bipolar be damned, I'm going to get through this?
2: I've had many moments where I've said, bipolar be damned, I'm going to get through this. I swallowed 80 pills, August, no, July 30th last year, Mm. and I was going through the medical issues the mood shifts, the episodic, you know, um, situation between hypomania and depression. Um, I lost 26 pounds. So I wasn't happy with my body. I was raising two kids that I have guardianship over, but that are not mine. Mm. And I was breaking up with the man whose family, you know, they are, and I'm like, I'm going to lose my kids. I'm going to lose him. And I'm not ready to leave him, but I have to because this is unhealthy. And um, he used to play mind games, the manipulative mind games. And one day I just snapped and I grabbed a bottle of wine and I swallowed 80 pills. And I was sent to a psychiatric facility because I refused treatment on top of that. I knew when I refused treatment and my dad was in the room that I was really at a point where I was just like, I'm, I, I'm I'm, not doing this. And then I got there and I had a dream and a voice spoke to me and it said, you don't get to go. It's not your time yet. I'm ordained with that power. I am the authority and you have not fulfilled your purpose. And I woke up in a psychiatric facility i didn't tell anyone about the dream because who the hell was i going to tell i was talking to in a psychiatric facility that that might not have worked out in my favor i'm Mm -hmm. pretty sure they wrapped me up um and at that moment i was like bipolar be damned i am going to make it through this and i'm going to be okay
1: when we come back on what women and other wonderful humans want we will talk more with Sherelle Kitchen, and also find out why three words are so powerful to her when we return.
0: Hello, all you dear listeners of this amazing show. My name is Anya, and I also have a podcast called Sexual Alchemy,
2: and I would love for you to come discover what we're doing over in my little
0: sliver of the world Talking about sex, our paths to figuring out our most authentic expressions, unshaming all aspects of it, and generally just creating community around people who want to explore whatever their most authentic sexual expression is. So I hope you enjoy listening. I hope you reach out. And I hope you become
2: part of my little community that I love so much.
1: Join Anya for Sexual Alchemy, and listen to my episode. It was an amazing interview. Sexual Alchemy with Anya, available where you get your podcasts.
0: Have you ever wanted to try something a little kinky in the bedroom, but had no idea where to start? Or maybe your partner just told you they're into water sports, no, not the jet ski kind, and you really wanna fulfill their fantasy, but you're nervous. That's totally normal. I'm Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist who's talked about kink in magazines like Cosmo, Playboy, and Glamour, and on my podcast, The Dildorks. My new book, 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do, is a guide to some of the hottest and best known kinks out there, from age play to zapping and everything in between. Each section offers three suggestions for ways you can try out your new interest with a partner or even by yourself. Curious? Order your copy now at 101kinkythings.com and start learning new things about your sexuality. Hi, this is Venus,
2: and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn
0: more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast. And now back to this episode of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans
1: Want. Before we get into the rest of the show, I want Sherelle to read an excerpt from her book, one that will allow you to understand just how important this work is.
2: When I speak of chaos, I speak of chaos from a place of knowing. All my life I've known chaos. I've lived comfortably in chaos and I've been drawn to chaos. Chaos is predictable for me. It is expected and it is safe. Most of you were probably reading that statement and thinking why would anyone want to embrace or live a life of chaos? And my response would be most of us do. There are different forms of chaos and there are different reasons in which we are all drawn to it. In most cases, it begins in our childhood, our observations, our conditioning. If you grew up in chaos, then it's something you know well. It becomes comfortable. It's a lot like disappointment. If you've been disappointed all your life, you learn to expect disappointment. In this case, you experience my journey with me. You will, as the title states, get to know me flaws and alls. You will get to see the most vulnerable and intricate parts of me. You will. Learn my secrets, you will experience my experiences, you will take a journey with me through my life. You will learn who I was, why I was, what I was, and what I've learned. You will witness my growth, my pitfalls, my obsessions, my addictions, my coping mechanisms, and my point of view of the world. You will learn through a series of poems and spoken word pieces I wrote between the ages of 18 and 30. And I apologize for none of it. I appreciate and embrace every path and journey, mistake, and bad decision I've made because my journey, my journey has an amazing roller coaster ride that has created a confident, genuine, amazing, although damaged and yet restored, woman. I embrace my womanhood. I love who I've become. You will indirectly learn about my bipolar two disorder and how it has continued to affect my impulses and decision making. And you can judge me on my journey, or you can embrace my journey. You can highlight my dark points and misunderstand, misinterpret, or miss the lessons in my pieces. But that means you are missing the pieces of me. So let me hold your hand in this next poem.
1: Just before we went to break, you shared with us this amazing story of not giving up. And in this day and age, in so many communities, within so many genders, within so many orientations, people have doubts about themselves, especially in society as we live today. I know for a fact that my daughter has dealt with mental health issues throughout her entire life, including being diagnosed as bipolar at one time. But for somebody who doesn't have the idea of what bipolar can do to oneself, can you give us a description of the challenges and the trials you had to go through because of that?
2: (laughs) Um, You know, that's also why I'm writing a second book because I want to delve deeper into it. Um, So the first thing I want to say is I have bipolar two, which is, there is a distinction between bipolar one and bipolar two, Um, mainly that there's mania and hypomania. And for me, I go through hypomania and depressive episodes. Um, My hypomania, I literally had a psychiatrist, my psychiatrist who I've been seeing since 2015 say to me, after seeing me for about a year, he said to me, I owe you an apology. I totally underestimated your disorder and now I need to zonk you. That's literally what he said to me. Um, my hypomanic episodes, uh, tend to spiral into rapid cycling. So I go through a few days of normalcy and then I'm on a high. And I mean, I've never done cocaine, but I have Adderall because I'm ADHD and I've taken too much of that by accident before, so I'm pretty sure that whatever cocaine is like, I think it's like that. Mm. Um, that's what hypomania is. It feels great. It's an elated high, um, but it's also filled with irritability. You know, irrational thinking, um, fast, rapid thinking. Um, it's filled with hypersexuality. Um, it's filled with everything that makes you make the worst decisions you could ever make in your life. And I've probably made every single one of them. I'm talking about, I'm an author now and a public speaker now, but I was a stripper. I um, did that because with my bipolar two disorder, I ended up in a very desperate situation because my family thought I was acting out and they cut me off because they didn't know how to deal with the disorder. And I had no job at the time and I had to figure out how to survive. So I ended up dancing and I enjoyed it because I felt like I blended in because mm. everyone's drunk, everyone's partying and no one's going to notice my crazy because it is crazy. It's a crazy, chaotic fucking environment. So you're thinking to yourself, I fit into that. Mm. And I dwelled there for two years. Um, I, ended up in abusive relationships because of my bipolar disorder. I stayed too long in abusive relationships because of my bipolar disorder. Um, I repeated cycles over and over and it was drugs, it was sex, it was um, partying, it was becoming a workaholic to a point where I worked 80 hours a week. Mm. Um, Whatever was extreme, um, I did. And then the depressive episodes when I moved back to New York from North Carolina were the worst because the sun, um, I don't know if you know this, but the sun seasonal effect disorder, it, ha- it plays a part. So then my depressive episodes were worse when I was in New York, whereas my hypomanic episodes are worse in North Carolina. Mm. It's kind of funny, but um, there were intense highs and lows. Um, my brother brought up to me today because he's he just moved down to North Carolina with me and we're three years apart and we're really close. He brought up to me today, um, the time I slipped my wrist in front of him. Mm. And I don't have a memory of that because there are these blips when you're hypomanic where you don't really remember all of the extreme things that you did but I have the scars. So I know that he's not lying. I know that it must have happened the way he said, because I have the scars to prove it. You know,
1: there are so many people who do not understand what mental health is all about. Right. And they will say things like, well, you have a choice, just feel better. Right. Which has always been one of my biggest trigger situations. Yes. Because in the one time, and I have never acted on it, but I have thought and have had some very deep, dark thoughts, because I think many of my listeners know, and if you don't, I will tell you now, 17 years of depression have followed me since my father passed away. And a lot of it has to do with the inability to accept kindness and love, which is so ironic because my entire life is based on giving kindness and love.
2: Right. I totally get that.
1: And so when people say, just feel better, they think it's like a choice. Right. Think about all the things that are going on today, people's choices, choices. I say that and it's totally wrong, but people don't have a choice about How they feel about gender or how they feel about the work that they do if they know it's right. They don't have the ability to feel better if they are in some sort of mental health situation. We can only control what we can control. Was there a point where you decided that you could try to take control of it? Because I know you always wanted to. But- oh, I
2: had to, I had to, I call it hitting the brick wall. Okay. I call it hitting the brick wall because it's almost like when you're in such a dark place and that depression has taken you to what I call the rabbit hole mm-hmm. and you cannot climb out of that motherfucker. You cannot get out of it. You're just like, I'm here, I'm stuck. Um, and you're in the rabbit hole and you're running full speed and there's only a brick wall in front of you. You're, you're going to either plow into that wall and it's over for you or you got to do something to stop yourself from running toward the brick wall. And I realized it in 2015, I was diagnosed at 19, which was in Mm. 2005 Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and I refused to take the medications I refuse to do psychotherapy. I refuse to do cognitive processing therapy for my PTSD. I refuse to do all of that. Um, I was like, no, not doing it. My dad said, I'm fine, so I'm fine. So I'm gonna keep living life as wild as I do because I'm just wild, that's all. Mm. I'm just wild. I just go through things. Um, I my, Every life experience caught up with me. Every memory flooded my brain, everything I felt everything one day and it was like all of a sudden at 28 29 I just couldn't turn it off and I was like I looked at my ex-boyfriend at the time and I was like I'm going to do something to myself if I don't get help right Mm -hmm. now and he called my dad and my dad had never heard me speak like that because I always pretended to be fine with my dad because that's what they wanted me to do was pretend to be okay They didn't know how to make me okay, so they wanted me to pretend. So I did for years until I couldn't. And I walked into this psychiatrist's office and was like, look, I don't know how this shit works. I don't. And I don't even want to do it, but if it's going to make me feel any better than I'm feeling right now, I'll give it a try. And I actually just talked to that same psychiatrist today. He's been my same psychiatrist since 2015. Um, Amazing amazing psychiatrist. Um, And that's when I decided I needed to make a change. Um, That's where I started my change was with the medication. And then later it was the inward work.
1: Some would say that was a choice to feel better. I know that other people, no matter how much they want to feel better cannot give themselves the permission to do so first they, ca- of all, they cannot get to that place where they'll accept medication or remember to take it
2: let's be clear i'm on medication mm-hmm. and i still can have an episode of hypomania mm-hmm. and i still can have an episode of depression and i'm doing all of my work I'm doing Mm -hmm. my therapy. I'm doing, I'm taking my meds daily. I do chi breathing exercises daily. I write Mm -hmm. in a gratitude journal daily. I meditate daily. But the reality is my disorder is still my disorder. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't just turn the freak off because I decided to take a happy pill. That's not how it works. And anyone who thinks that's how it works really needs to educate themselves on mental health because- What they don't realize is, it's growing at such a rapid rate and with the stresses of our society, they're going to encounter someone in their lives who have it and heaven forbid it is your child or heaven forbid it Mm -hmm. is your sister or your brother and you don't know how to help them. I have a cousin who in 2016 was schizophrenic and my family did not want to admit that he was schizophrenic and heaven forbid, the truth is he jumped off a bridge and he took his life and Mm -hmm. he was six months older than me. We were very close. He was six months older than me. He took his life at the age of 30 mm. because he wouldn't, he wouldn't get the help because he didn't have the proper support.
1: And that and says so much of the proper support.
2: The proper support.
1: Because if you do not have the human support system around you, a friend, a family member, a stranger who happens to care about you, a coworker, somebody who sees you and hears you, you think that there is no hope. Right. But those angels will come out of nowhere.
2: Right. That, that, that I like that. Those angels do come out of nowhere.
1: Did you have an angel?
2: I've had a few. Um, Interestingly enough, as crazy as it sounds, um, I've had experiences with the afterlife since I was a child. Okay. And my uncle was my guardian angel. He passed away years ago and he lived a very rough life. And every time I'd make a decision or be in an altered state of mind, he would almost be there. He would, he would pop up in a dream or in a premonition and be there to remind me of the course I was on and give me a course correction. And I'll give you an example. I was in a jail cell because what a lot of people don't understand too. And I do a lot of speaking with CIT training with first responders, you know, police officers and EMTs on how to de-escalate situations with mental health patients because they're thinking there's just this crazy person or this person did this crazy thing. And next thing you know, we have these criminal backgrounds. I have a criminal background. I have a criminal background because I made an irrational decision in a hypomanic state, but that wasn't taken into consideration until It was presented to the judge after I violated my probation because I was hypomanic again and flew to New York to visit my family. And the judge was like, why is she here? She needs to be with her family. Do you not see these medical records? This is crazy. And I'm like, thank God I got a compassionate judge, Mm -hmm. but there aren't always those. And there aren't people, people see this as black and white and it's so not. It's the complexity of a mind there are literally, I mean, it's, it's, it's statistically, like it's, it, there are studies that show the brain does not function in the same way. It, it Does not release chemicals in the same way? They're altered, you know? And so if that's not balanced out, you're gonna have these experiences and then it's gonna lead you to life experiences that we can't necessarily change. Of course, I didn't wanna make a bad decision and end up with two misdemeanors. Mm-hmm. Of course not. You know, if you actually saw me in high school, you never would have thought that happened. I was on the freaking debate team. But yes, I ended up a stripper. I ended up with a criminal background. I ended up dating a gangster. I ended up getting my ass kicked. I ended up in a lot of crazy situations. And again, it was because life was not so simple for me.
1: But let's talk about a really important part of that. And you said that you uh, are are working with first responders, CIT, to be able to respond properly to mental health issues. Mm -hmm. We hear time after time, oh, there must have been some mentally unstable person or "A, a mental health issue had caused this and the police did not know how to respond. I am not getting political on this podcast. That is not the place for this particular podcast. I am going to say, however, that the understanding that needs to be done as a bridge between the public safety officers and the mental health experts, it needs to come together and there needs to be more understanding. Because unless you know how to approach somebody in a hypo state, unless you know how to approach somebody who has touch issues. Perfect example, my daughter, when she would get in a high anxious state, if you touched her, it would be as though her body would explode and she would do everything she could to get away from you. Me too. One police officer may not understand that and go, well, they're just resisting what I'm trying to do because there's no understanding there. Absolutely. So where do we build the bridge? Where does it start?
2: You know, there are so many programs where, you know, if you just took the time, if someone just took the time to spend a moment listening to someone's story, whether it be with their daughter, you know, raising their schizophrenic, bipolar, you know, depressed child, or whether it be the person who experiences it themselves, whether it be, you know, there's, there's so many educational tools. And that's why, like, when I wrote this book, I wanted to write it from my personal experience and not not write it in a way where it was fiction because I was afraid to be myself because I'm not gonna lie to you. There are people in my office who are probably reading this book right now and are learning way too much about Mm. me. But at the same time, I had to be bold enough and say, there's a poem in there called My Shadows. And it's called my, you know, and it talks about how my shadow is my best friend because my, my shadow knows my ins and outs whereas no one else truly understands my disorder. And it's a very lonely place to be. If someone could just take a second and understand how lonely it is to not be understood because you have a disorder or to be ostracized because you have a disorder or to be pushed into a category or a box because you have a disorder. It is the loneliest place in the world to be. And it's so hard to get to know yourself as a person because you're thinking to yourself, I'm not Sherelle Kitchen, I'm bipolar. Hmm. because the world sees me as bipolar because of that bipolar thing I did. It's educating themselves, you know, read a book, read an experience of someone's, check out a blog. I mean, get to know someone, ask them about their experiences. Nine times out of 10, we do want to talk about it. We just don't have anyone who, who has the patience to listen or who's showing the care and compassion and concern to not judge us for what we're saying.
1: And it takes courage to not only share the story, it takes courage to ask. Vulnerability is a character trait that some people allow themselves to have, but oh my gosh, is it just looked down upon by so many, especially when it comes to men. Men can't be vulnerable because they have to be as some people in the kink community would call it, the domly dom. They have to be the man. Right. But the fact is, the most vulnerable people, whether they be man, woman, non-binary, or whatever they may identify themselves as, are the ones that you will find can actually have the deepest connections because they're not afraid to show you who they are. Now, some would say there's a lack of boundaries there, but in some cases, you kind of have to show a little bit about what's out of bounds in order for them to understand why the boundaries exist in that way anyway.
2: It's funny you say that. I have one of the poems in my book is called My Special Kind of Crazy, and it's about my bipolar disorder but i titled it my special kind of crazy because it literally is my special kind of crazy it, you know i used to look at it like it was a curse but then i realized i'm the most creative person i know and i know that it comes from these intense highs and lows i write the best poetry i write the most beautiful things journaling when i'm in a higher low state And I can go back and I can look at that and say, oh my God, I did that. That's beautiful. Like, it's my special kind of crazy. Everybody has a special kind of crazy. Everybody does. The reality is, first of all, there are a lot of undiagnosed people walking around here. Let's just Mm -hmm. be honest because hands down, don't know what this lady has, but my mama's got some shit. I don't know. I don't know. And that's okay because that's her shit. It's not mine, it's hers, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that when we get to a point where we can take ownership and not let it define us, but say, okay, it's a part of 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 my personality trait or a part of who I am, but it's not completely who I am. I hate when people say things like, oh my gosh, she's so bipolar. You know, they use it like it's a line. It's not a line, it's, it's, it's literally a diagnosis, you know? Or what are you, what are you, depressed? I was depressed once. Do you know what depression really feels like? Do you know the emptiness and the blankness and the dark hole you have to crawl out of, dig yourself out of just to get out of bed because you'd rather stay underneath the darkness of your covers with your windows and your blinds closed and you don't even want to have a simple conversation? It's that intense. And they and couldn't possibly imagine that. But if you ask someone what it really felt like, do you really want to hear the truth? Is the question.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Do you really want to
1: hear the truth? Let's take a look at the word normal. Right. That word has so many meanings. And I can't, I can't think of a good one.
2: It's honestly, a hilarious word.
1: Because as I have grown older, this being the first recording I've done since turning 59, which is really a strange thing for me to think about <laughs> the definition of normal has become nothing there isn't anything that is normal nothing normal is a perception normal is not a reality
2: absolutely i'll i'll give you one better though it is a perception and it's not a reality but we live in a society where even though Perception isn't reality or uh, reality and perception aren't always realistic. They're realistic to the person who's perceiving it. Mm -hmm. So they're perceiving what normal is from their perception and their reality. And that's why I love the title special kind of crazy because it's not special kind of normal. Mm -hmm. It's special kind of crazy because it's crazy to think anything's normal.
1: Let's talk about three very powerful words for you. And they are a part of your biography. Emancipation, strength, and transformation. Yeah. Let's take them together first. And then I want to break it down one at a time. Together, what do those words mean to you?
2: Goddess, I am a divine goddess. I am a divine being. I am light. I am everything that I never pictured that I was. And those three words helped me understand that.
1: Let's take them one at a time. Let's start with emancipation.
2: Emancipation, being free from societal perceptions, labels, boxes, and views. Um, I truly believe that we walk through this world and we're so concerned about how we're viewed and perceived that we don't even take the time to get to know ourselves. We let society tell us who we are. So emancipation is about emancipating yourself from societal views, boxes, and labels, and being whoever the hell you are and walking in that power.
1: Speaking of power, the next word, strength.
2: Strength. Strength means that I may have gone through circumstances. I may have experienced circumstances, but those, those circumstances don't define me. They don't make me, they don't break me. They made me stronger. They made me bolder. I've endured and I'm a strong ass woman for everything that I've encountered.
1: And transformation
2: transformation is forever growing constantly and consistently evolving into the best version of yourself
1: realizing that you're polyamorous can be a wonderful insight the polyamory dating guide is a book about finding other people who share your view of polyamory and want to share it with you this book includes a variety of sections on poly specific dating such as navigating online dating with a review of poly-specific dating sites and how to make a profile that works. Real-time dating tips that will tell you where to find polyam people and how to make a positive impression, how to date as an existing couple, and if you should, dating as an introvert, queer in dating, and lots more. Get your copy at polyamorydatingguide.com. Hi, folks. Key Barrett here, and I've got a question for you. Do you think your wife or girlfriend makes the best decisions and you want to support her any way you can? Ladies, do you think your partner works best when they're told exactly what you want? You both might be looking for a female-led relationship. From mild to wild, these strong relationships have one thing in common, satisfaction. Read Surrender Submit Server on Audible, Kindle, and Paperback today to start your female led journey. And good luck. This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book Yes Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book Yes Mistress takes you on a provocative, eye opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think and more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Yes Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com.
0: Are you liking what you're hearing? Check out the Total Archives wherever you find your podcasts. And please, remember to subscribe so you don't miss a minute. And while you're there, help John out by giving him a rating and a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now let's get back to what women and other wonderful humans want.
1: Welcome back to the program. Joined by the accomplished author of Salted Wounds, Scars, and Tattoos. Leading from the inside out, Sherelle Kitchen. You have shared a very interesting story with us today, and it's kind of funny how we ended up meeting each other because <laughs> I tend to find my guests from people who intrigue me, many of whom follow me on Instagram, and suddenly I get this message from you realizing mm-hmm. that you found me through a show full of professional dominatrices, fetish models, sex workers and the like and I'm like how did you find me? Right. (laughs) So how did you find me?
2: So here's an interesting fact. Um, I'm not only a best-selling author but I'm best-selling in the category of women's erotica. Oh yes. Um, I told you hypersexuality is a very big deal with my disorder. And so I have had many encounters where I have written about those sexual experiences and that is in my book. And, um, so I am not at all shy about anything kinky, anything sexual, anything intimate, anything. I mean, it's all beautiful to me. So I was just like, this is some cool shit. And now I'm like, I got to dive into you a little deeper and then I'm like, okay, I'm got to reach out to this guy. Like I've, I've just got to, so I, I just decided to, I just went with my gut.
1: Well, I appreciate you doing it. And as I had mentioned in the uh, pre-tape to the show, this has been a very interesting week between trying to get through a spell of COVID to having uh, my original guest for this week, also get COVID. So, uh, I'm hoping you just, stay, just stay in North Carolina, stay healthy. I am. <laughs> I am. So you are an Amazon bestseller, uh, and this book is obviously such a powerful piece of, of work. The erotica, is there any special genre that you enjoy
2: writing? Um, I write about my experiences. So my dad has never read my book and never will. We've clarified that. (laughs) He, uh, he had my stepmom read it and my stepmom was like, don't read it. Don't, don't do it. Um, there's some stuff in there that you might not want to read. Um, you know, there are poems. What I love is every poem is there's no one's name in the book. So everyone mm-hmm. has a name. So there's supernova, there's the lion and the gazelle, which was when I was in a polyamorous relationship. Um, so the lion and the gazelle starts off with the lion and the gazelle and then turns into a poem called Mathematics in Three, because there become three of us. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a poem called The King. And some of these poems are very sexual and sensual poems. Um, And they highlight very sexual and intimate and sensual experiences. Um, And I've just never been, I mean, after being a stripper, you know, there's really no shame to my writing. I think that I actually can put beautiful, eloquent words to very kinky, nasty things sometimes. Actually, it amazes my, it it actually amazes me.
1: I'm going to ask a very, It seems like out of left field question, but when you became a stripper, Uh did it empower you a little? bit?
2: It did. My psychiatrist goes, you know, I'm so sorry for that experience. And I said, why? It was the best experience of my life. And he goes, really? And I said, yeah. He goes, how so? I said, I learned not to give a damn about what anyone thought about me. I learned to love everything about me. I mean, my ability to think, to maneuver, to hustle, my body, my sensuality, my sexuality, the way I move, the way I walk, the way I glide, like I love how divine it made me feel. And at first it wasn't that, it was shy, it was embarrassed, it was nervous. But once I owned it, I owned and harnessed that power, it really tapped me into my feminine. And I loved it because I I actually am like, I have a very strong masculine personality too. So I really needed to tap into my feminine and it helps me do that.
1: And I think that you will find that many of the people who've been on this show and many of the people who listen to this show realize that sensuality sexuality the eroticism that happens within what we do enables them to bring out a side of themselves that is very authentic and very bold and is very empowering i Absolutely. think i think of all the the models and and prodoms that i've spoken to and there's not one bit of shame in any of that.
2: None. None. I mean, I, I think I just, um, I don't know if you looked at my Instagram, but the day I became a best-selling author, which was the day it was released, it hit bestseller. Um, I posted a picture of myself and my panties and my bra and I'm laying on the bed and I'm like, I know my cousins and my dad and then my stepmom are going to see this and they're going to be like, what the hell? But I, I said in my caption, it was like, this is how I feel after accomplishing the goal of becoming a best-selling author. I feel like a divine fucking goddess. Mm-hmm. And I was just like reveling in that picture. I mean, I was glowing. I have no problem with it.
1: So if that brought that kind of a glow, what's next for sherelle kitchen
2: you know i'm a wild card i really am i'm not gonna lie to you so like you never know i could be out here teaching pole dancing classes next week or um i'm working on a second book um actually which is salted wound scars and tattoos It's going to be healing the trauma Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm going to delve deeper into healing some of the trauma that I talk about in the book, dealing with some of the disorders, the anxiety, things that people go through, um, how to kind of get break through those barriers and break through that that wall I talked about running into. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's in the works. I also do a lot of public speaking on women's empowerment, um, and I do a lot of poetry readings, you know, so there's going to be a lot to come for me. I love especially doing um, spoken word, uh, spoken word, and open mic nights when they do erotica. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, I think that I'll probably be reading silhouette on Wednesday somewhere and enjoying myself doing that.
1: Well, that is absolutely beautiful. Tell us all the different ways we can connect with you, and most importantly. How can we get the book?
2: Um, It is on Amazon and you can look up my name, which is Sherelle Kitchen, or you can look up Salted Wounds, Scars, and Tattoos, Bleeding from the Inside Out. Um, To connect with me, you can connect with me on Instagram. Um, I'm Sherelle's underscore flaws. That's S-H-E-R-E-L-L-E-S underscore flaws. which I love my name on Instagram, Sherelle's Flaws. Um, and, uh, you know, or you can reach me at Sherelle K at Naturally dot net.
1: And I do know that you're doing some coaching as well that I am can help people not only identify some of the things that they've gone through, but how to empower themselves as well.
2: I am. I'm actually relaunching my life coaching business. When I got sick, I had to take a hiatus because I couldn't do anything at the time. Um, But uh, I am a certified spiritual coach and a certified life coach. Um, And I really center my practice around um, particular practices. For instance, chi breathing exercises to reduce anxiety which I went from taking 90 anxiety pills a month to taking one as needed, mm. which I mean, if that's not impressive, I don't know what is. So to know that just breathing can reduce your anxiety and being taught how to properly do that via Zoom sessions or in person is amazing. Um, I, I, I loved that I learned the practice and I love to share the practice, but um, I have some pretty creative strategies that I use. Um, to help people deal with the different things that are going on in their life and to really empower them and motivate them into being kings and goddesses or whatever it is you wanna be. Whatever the hell it is you wanna be, be it. Like the only thing that will hold you back or stand in your way is you. And it's probably your childhood self. So what we work on is removing that limiting belief of that childhood self and we restore faith in self, create create strategies to empower self, and then we go full throttle.
1: Well, you are an absolute inspiration. And I really am glad you found me on or found the show on Instagram. And this was a powerful conversation that I know other people will be inspired not only from hearing the story, but maybe looking inside themselves and seeing what they can do for themselves. Sherelle Kitchen, thank you so very much for being with us.
2: Thank you so much.
1: What a remarkable story from Sherelle Kitchen and an unexpectedly inspirational and amazing feeling just talking to that woman who has been able to Find her inner goddess, despite all the challenges. Hopefully that'll inspire you if you feel like things aren't going exactly the way you want them to, and you want to take your own power as well. I wish you luck on that as we all go through that. So I'm going to go back into my COVID quarantine and hopefully be back next week with a much better voice and when i do rose carraway will be joining us she is the host of the kiss me quicks podcast she's an audiobook narrator a writer and an editor she's even a beekeeper and yes she has been on this show before when she appeared during cuck week when we had that very special program rose carraway our guest next week on what women and other wonderful humans want. Until then, I'm John, also known as the sultry catsuit voice. I won't have this voice forever, so I might as well use it now. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other, always.
0: What women and other wonderful humans want connects with you. We invite you to follow us on social media, Check us out at what women want p1 on Twitter, What Women Want podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at wwwpodcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky done differently.